Welcome to the Culture Happens podcast, where we discuss the future of work and company culture. My name is Jill. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a team lead on our learning and development team at HubSpot. We've always believed that first impressions matters, especially when it comes to new hires. Why is that? Because an estimated 69% of employees are more likely to stay with the company for three years if they experience a strong onboarding process. So similarly to how we constantly iterate and tweak and grow our suite of products, we also have to evolve our new hire experience based on employee feedback and needs. Back in 2019, we moved from an in-person training uh, at our headquarters in Cambridge, Massachusetts, to a regionalized in-person onboarding model, uh, running in each of our global headquarter offices to create a more inclusive and localized onboarding experience for new HubSpotters. That meant that we no longer brought every new HubSpot employee to our Cambridge Mass office. Uh, Instead, we had folks going to Singapore and folks going to our Dublin, Ireland office. Back on March 13th, 2020, uh, as all HubSpot employees moved to temporarily work from home due to COVID-19, our new hire training and onboarding process pivoted from uh, a completely in-person experience to a 100% online uh, remote virtual experience, uh, starting with our first new hire class on March 16th, 2020. That involved a lot of iterating, a lot of changes, and a lot of skinning our knees. Today, we're going to talk about remote onboarding, the benefits of it, the challenges, uh, and what we still just don't have figured out yet. So joining me in the discussion today are two amazing HubSpotters, Erica and Becca. Thank you both so much for being here today. I want to start off by first asking you both to share your title, your role at HubSpot, and how long you've been at the company. Um, So Erica, let's start off with you. Yeah, absolutely. First off, thank you for having me today. This is awesome. Um, So as Jill mentioned, my name is Erica. My pronouns are she and her. Um, I am currently a customer support specialist full-time based in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sin City. And uh, I've been with uh, HubSpot going on one year now, one year next week, which is crazy. So congratulations hitting your one year anniversary at HubSpot, Erica. Yeah, it, it came quick, but it's been a good year. So Great. I love to hear that. And Becca, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Of course. Yeah. Um, Once again, thanks for having us. And yeah, happy anniversary upcoming, Erica. That's so exciting. Um, My name is Becca. I'm a learning and development ops specialist on the um, on the people operations team. And um, I've been at HubSpot for just under four years. Um, My pronouns are she, her, and I focus primarily in onboarding employees. So this conversation is right up my alley. Thanks so much, Becca, for introducing yourself. I want to make sure I give our listeners some context around our new hire onboarding process, which we call HubSpot Foundation. So it takes place during your first week at HubSpot, and it's five days long. You have a blended schedule of live instructor-led trainings, virtual trainings, e-learnings, group work, some self-paced sessions, all different types of modalities to help you to learn about our company, our culture, who our customers are, and our product. It can be completed from anywhere. Um, There's asynchronous learning uh, and employees then joining our sales, marketing, and customer success and support teams end the week with a final application-based assignment, uh, which they send to their manager to put a nice stamp on the end of their first week at HubSpot. So Becca, 
As someone who, virtually speaking, uh, is really on the ground, tell me about what did those first few days between when we went fully remote back in March 2020 to our first fully virtual new hire class uh, with three days in between. So how much, how did you have to run that virtually? What did the onboarding look like? What did you change and what could stay the same? Yeah, no, that's an excellent question. I think to start, it was um, definitely a good practice in being agile. It was, it was an adventure to say the least of switching from an in-person experience to a remote experience um, within a few days. So at Right off the bat, we needed to ship laptops across the country to folks um, and gather their addresses and really make sure that we've provided that remarkable experience and, and that they have their HubSpot portals, essentially, to, to log into their computers, to log into their tech, and to join us from wherever they are across the globe. Um, so in, in, classic, uh, in classic HubSpot style, we got to pivot and, uh, and be agile there. There was... A lot of things that needed to change, understandably so, in order to accommodate for folks joining us across the globe, um, for time zone differences, for, for remote and onboarding. But one of the things that I was really struck by was the, our ability to utilize tech that we had already been leveraging. So for example, we uh, really leaned heavily into Slack and being able to keep ongoing honest conversation with our new hires, set them up for success, be kind of like live chat um, as they onboarded and as they joined our company. Um, leaning into Zoom and interactions there, um, utilizing the, the tech that we already had in place across HubSpot had, it was, it was really revolutionary to see that we didn't necessarily need to entirely reinvent the wheel. Um, we just need to figure out how to make the car run smoother in a, in a different terrain. So. Um, got to dive in there and, and leverage what we already had running. Um, and, and understanding that it was a, a different experience for our new hires as well for our trainers. So in, in the before times, we would all come into the office and see a coffee garden and a physical space. And what we wanted to really focus on was building that remarkable experience, even though we didn't have a coffee garden to lean into. So making sure that folks had the the resources and, and exposure to the benefits of HubSpot and really uh, providing that delight moment as they joined our company and setting them up for success um, within their new roles and teams. Yeah, I would definitely agree um, and add to what Becca said, you know, from a training perspective, we really had to find ways to keep people engaged um, and find ways to foster those organic connections uh, to ensure that new hires felt a part of our culture on day one. A big part of what is exciting about joining HubSpot um, is learning about our culture and feeling that welcoming and inclusive experience. And um, it was a bit of a challenge to create that feeling in a virtual world. Um, so Becca, what are some of the things that the team did to kind of address those challenges? Yeah, great question. So as mentioned, utilizing things like Slack and Zoom chat was really, really helpful for keeping the conversations going. We also got to navigate into a new space and, and test out some new software. So we, we tried out uh, Gather, which was a, a virtual hangout space where folks would get like a little emoji uh, character uh, to walk around and to bump into other new hires, trying to facilitate and 
create a, a comparison, a virtual comparison to our coffee garden run-ins or things along those lines. So one, leveraging the tech that we had and then exploring other options and seeing what stuck um, and always leaning back to, to our new hire feedback and, and asking them, okay, how did that go and what can we do better? Our classes are, um, as mentioned, cyclical. They're, they're every two weeks here in America. So we got a good chance to to keep iterating on that process and to continue to, to grow and develop the program. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Leaning into new hires uh, and asking them early and often what we could be doing better, how we can better create those organic connections, things like that um, has been so valuable in helping us to iterate our remote onboarding um, and make sure that we're creating the onboarding experience that truly delights new hires when they're joining HubSpot. So um, thanks so much for that, Becca. Um, now, Erica, you joined HubSpot while we were fully remote. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your experience. Um, was this the first time you joined a com company remotely? Um, and what were you nervous about? Yeah, definitely. That is quite a loaded baked potato of a question because there is so much I could answer about this. But um, yeah, so for the first part, this was my first time joining any company or job fully remote. This is my first um, remote job. So it was definitely a new experience to say the least. So it, there was a lot of things to get used to. Um, I would say as far as nerves go, I am such a social butterfly. So I would say the social aspect of working from home was probably the most nerve wracking part for me, kind of adjusting to not being able to turn to my teammates or my colleagues in office and be like, hey, like, can you help me with this one? Or, you know what I mean? So being able to kind of have that um, emotional connection with people, I was super nervous about. Um, but I was actually extremely impressed um, with how HubSpot like their entire onboarding process was from getting my first email that said, you know, like we want to move you forward with the interview process from um, getting offered the job um, to kind of what Becca, you know, pointed on was the tech part of it kind of, it was all so seamless. And I think the one thing that shocked me the most was that HubSpot started remotely in March of last year. And I started uh, September 8th. So the fact that you guys had your stuff together in a matter of six months was extremely impressive. Um, I would have thought, and I did thought, I, I did think that um, you guys had been doing remotely for years. You know what I mean? That's how good my onboarding process was. So um, from my experience, it was incredible from the communication, as far as the trainers go from scheduling, um, to getting kind of to know people on Slack. This is the first time using Slack. So I was like, what's happening. Um, but I feel like every pinpoint that was important to know while coming in remote, you guys had already kind of tackled those challenges that I was expecting to be hard, but you guys were able to make those a lot easier for me to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like what may feel like over-communication on our end is actually the correct amount of communication from a new hire standpoint. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah, the more communication, I was like, you know, at first I was super overwhelmed, but then no, your guys' communication was spot on. It was perfect. And I'm super humbled that, you know, my onboarding process was as, as good as it was. And I can imagine what you guys are doing now with the onboarding teams. You know what I mean? Great. I love to hear that. Um, and Erica, something that I want to dig into that you brought up is the fact that 
you're a social butterfly, you're a social person and kind of your biggest nerves with joining remotely were around a, a lack of being able to in-person socialize with your peers and your fellow cohort of new hires. Um, so I'd love for you to talk and expand a little bit more on what are some of the ways that you uh, combated that? What are some of the ways that you overcame that and, and got to know people um, organically in this virtual world? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say first and foremost, I really had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? So this is a new situation. This is completely, you know, something that I've never done in my life. So this is all new. Um, but I would say definitely just trying to dive in and reaching out to people, even if I don't know who they are, you know what I mean? So Slack has been my best friend, I'm sure for all of us. Um, but I've made it since day one, actually, I've made it a commitment that every week, um, I'll reach out to one person um, in a completely different department or, you know, different country, whatever it may be. I'll just randomly go on Slack, type in a name, choose the person and reach out to him and say, hey, I know this is super random, but, I'm, but my name's Erica. Um, I just want to let you know, like, I'm here if you need anything. I would love to kind of get to know you a little bit better. So just from being able to take that initiative to kind of, you know, put it in my hands to reach out to people has been super helpful. Um, so that's definitely some advice I would love to give people, you know, who are now starting and for the new onboarding processes to, to don't be nervous to jump in and, and get uncomfortable and, and speak to, you know, reach out to our teammates. And that's one thing that I've learned about HubSpot is everyone's so cool. Like this company has the raddest people and the most humble and transparent people. So you're never not going to get that communication that you're craving. You're going to find it some way or somehow. Um, so I would say, you know, through Slack, um, coffee chats, you know, hopping on a Zoom. Um, so, you know, I was nervous about that, but being able to have that and using the resources that you guys have given me um, has made it a lot easier to be able to, to find that social aspect of remote work. Great. I love that. And I think that ties really nicely into what Becca had mentioned earlier around taking the technology that we already have and really fully taking advantage of it. Um, what went from using Slack just to send your teammate a quick message has turned into organically meeting someone who works in uh, our Cambridge office or who works remotely or works in our Dublin or our Singapore office. You know, it's, we've definitely been able to expand our reach using the, the technology that we have. So I love to hear that. Absolutely. And kind of what you said, it's you're kind of meeting people who you've probably never would have regardless. Right. So in a way, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. COVID's been terrible, but there has been a lot of positive out of it. I'm sure that we have all met so many people and teammates that, you know, we have never uh, probably would have never communicated with. So it's been really special. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And moving to this entirely remote experience has pre definitely presented uh, several unique and different challenges, but also a lot of opportunities. So a lot of new hires who are joining HubSpot are finding themselves in situations that they hadn't originally planned for with working from home, whether that's managing children or care of a family member, uh, maybe navigating where their home office is. I know I work out of my kitchen, so not necessarily something that I had originally uh, planned for when I joined HubSpot. So Becca, um, in what ways do you feel like remote onboarding has been a benefit? And then what ways do you feel like it's been a challenge? That's such a good question. Um, I think that it's it's been a fascinating ride, but I think that the challenge and benefits sometimes uh, lean into each other. So for example, the, the challenge of 
of COVID was that we lost a lot of daycare options and, and folks were working from home with family and navigating homeschooling and childcare while onboarding. Um, so that was a, a challenge of going fully remote within our, our global pandemic and, and these unprecedented times as, as they say. But through that, we were able to find the classic silver linings and benefits. So being able to build more support for accessible schedule requirements, building in, as you mentioned earlier, Jill, like self-paced training versus in-person training and understanding that our time zones across the globe, even if we just look at America, we've got the potential for having seven hours between users if folks are located out in Hawaii. So I think we need to like, we needed to pivot in a way that remote onboarding helped helped us do so by leveraging things like the self-paced training and um, being more mindful of time zones and, and building those kind of things out. And through that, that was really supportive of our different family schedules that we needed to support. So making sure that folks knew that they could just log off and take care of life first um, and not to be stressed about the training sessions that were occurring or the recording that they may need to watch later because we had all of those kind of as on-demand content um, that they could revisit when uh, when they needed to. And then I think the other benefits that came out of remote onboarding is really a, a highlighting accessibility support. So through remote onboarding, we were able to add closed captioning to all of our Zooms and to really lean into um, more technology to support all of our users. And I've seen that um, be a, a very beneficial um, element to remote onboarding and bringing everyone into the same Zoom and having uh, having direct face-to-face -face contact with each user. So that was definitely some of the benefits that came uh, and kind of learning a new software like Slack um, for the first time. And I think one of the, the challenges we were working through is, is learning through exposure is something that we used to lean into heavily. You could turn to the person next to you and say, hey, I've never used Google Calendar before. How do you accept an invite? And that had changed a little bit with remote onboarding. We're all in our own spaces in our own homes. And what we found is leveraging, once again, resources that we've had already. So Loom, for example, and recording a quick Loom of how to manage your Google Calendar, your Slack, or something along those lines, and then sharing that within Slack has been really helpful to, to get our new hire set up for success. And once again, for them to be able to watch that content at their own schedule and time so that they're able to put life first before onboarding um, has been incredibly rewarding. Great. So it sounds like what originally started off as uh, a challenge has ultimately kind of turned into a bit of a benefit. Exactly. Yeah. Great. I love that. Um, Erica, anything else that you would add? Yeah. I mean, Becca, you really touched on, on all of it. I would say there are so many pros and cons with remote work, but I do feel that there's more benefit um, than anything. And I think one of the things I've noticed with working remotely is definitely the, you know, saving on lesser carbon footprint, right? And and financially, I'm not, you know, having to spend gas and, you know, having to fill up my car every week and things like that. It's, you know, all the bills to pay, the transportation, parking tickets, all of that stuff. Um, but I think by not communicating to work, you also, you know, reduce your, your carbon footprint. And, um, and I know that I think for, you know, some of the cons, I don't think there's, I'm, you know, I've been here a year. It's my first 
remote job, but it's hard for me to find a lot of uh, cons for me, you know, because everything has been um, so wonderful. And one thing that I really love is kind of the work-life balance and that flexibility um, to kind of have your own space, right? I've never been able to have my own laptop, my own desktop, my own desk, my own space to where I can really create it to be my own, um, you know, kind of have my own personality behind it. Normally you go into an office and everything's kind of just, you know, the color of the walls or this and that. Um, so I know one of the biggest benefits for me is definitely the personalization of, of uh, my technology and my workspace and everything like that. Great. I love that. So it sounds like removing your commute has been huge. Uh, and then just being able to work out of a space that aesthetically is exactly what, what you crave and what you enjoy has worked really well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And not to mention the healthy aspect. I can finally, you know, eat whatever I want. I can make whatever I want for my kitchen. I don't have to, you know, walk across the street to the restaurants, the only restaurants in the area. So yeah, that also, I'm a big foodie. So being able to choose what I want on my lunches is epic. <laughs> exactly. Keeping some fresh fruit and fresh veggies available in your fridge. Oh yeah. Um, great. So was there anything that surprised you around remote onboarding so whether that's um the transition went really well or maybe something that was surprisingly challenging um erica let's start off with you yeah um i would say the biggest thing that was surprising to me again and we kind of go back to the beginning of the episode but was the communication um i can't get enough of how well it was done um you know normally you go into an office and and your onboarding experience is walking into that headquarters for the first time and seeing that huge sprocket right and and all of that and my biggest concern was how am i going to get that same experience sitting at my desk at home in front of my laptop um so that's what i was worried about but i think the way that you guys planned out the schedules for at least I know for my onboarding class, um, you know, each week having, um, you know, a Zoom with members of the DIMB team to be able to kind of meet those people. You allowed us to feel the culture from kind of afar, but still get that same experience, right? So um, that was something that was super, super awesome for me, I know, as far as um, the onboarding process went on that. Great. So all the communication and and scheduling and everything was helpful to keep you organized. It sounds like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Organization is key. And, and it definitely was great on that aspect. Great. And Becca, what about you? Anything that surprised you around remote onboarding? Yeah, I think the most surprising thing was at first I, we're pivoting to, to remote as mentioned, shipping laptops. And I'm, I'm going through that process thinking, okay, how do we build those connections? How do we build uh, that relationship between our new hires and our trainers and even just the class cohort. And at first I was worried. I was worried that the connection would be really hard to have through Zoom and through a screen. And I was so pleasantly surprised with how the human connection came through over the Zoom. So for example, in my area, I, mean, I hail from Cambridge, Massachusetts and Monday is trash day and so is orientation day. So everyone in the Zoom, whenever we onboard any new hires, knows that it's trash day uh, at MySpace because you can hear them in the background. Um, classic great personalities coming through. Um, and that is, is fairly personal. And, and we had it, we've seen that across the, across the globe for all of our new hires as well. My housemate walks into the back of the Zoom. It's no news, new news. It's, it's just family and it's just life. 
So um, we saw that with our new hires as well. We have uh, managers who are joining with their kids on their lap, joining into the Zoom. Everyone's commenting saying, I saw your dog, what's its name? I have the same, uh, same type of dog. All of this personal kind of bonding that's occurred over the Zoom because you really are getting the inside scoop into real life. Um, so I think the most surprising thing to me is just that interaction made it so personal. Um, and I've seen those connections continue on past onboarding for our new hires where folks are connecting about those shared um, shared experiences or um, shared Zooms where, where personal life came into onboarding and, and it just you know became very human um, as we onboarded remotely. Yeah, I would agree. And I think seeing that from um, the onboarding team helps new hires to relax a little bit about the fact that we're all going to have lives running in the background. We're all going to have things happening. Becca, you have trash day. I think every new hire at this point has met my dog running around in the background. And, you know, I think it's a weight off of a new hire shoulder when they realize, okay, it's, it's okay if my, you know, my two-year-old daughter comes into the background or wants to join training and sit in my lap. It, it really breaks down that barrier and, and reminds everyone that we are all humans first and we all have lives outside of work. So I would definitely agree with, with everything that you said there, Becca. Yeah, um, the other thing to note is like, there's, there's no getting around it, right? My, my nephew running into the Zoom singing, we all live in a yellow submarine, is going to happen no matter what. We're just going to have to embrace the fact that like HubSpotters are human and we are getting to know each other uh, as we as we build out their role and whatnot. So it's been really rewarding. Yeah, exactly. It's going to happen either way. So let's just invite him in and let him sing for a minute, right? I'm super happy that Becca brought up that point because uh, just earlier I was on a Zoom with my manager and my dog came walking by. Um, but it's definitely that personalization. But also I am huge on swag and HubSpot swag is on point. Like being able to, when I remember I opened my new hire onboarding box, you know, and it had, I had like a mug and all this stuff. Um, but that's something that's personal as well. You know what I mean? So being able to feel as you're receiving, you know, that part of the company was super cool. So swag, the swag for us is, is, a, is a big one. Yeah. HubSpot uh, does not shy away from swag. I would definitely agree with that, Erica. Um, now I want to take a minute here to talk about inclusion and belonging. So Erica, I know you are a huge champion of diversity, inclusion, and belonging, DIMB uh, within your team at HubSpot and your, in your personal life. So I would love to hear your perspective on new hire training and onboarding and how it can be um, as inclusive, um, as welcoming and as diverse as possible. Yeah, this is um, diversity, inclusion and belonging is one of my biggest passions. Um, for the listeners out there, I am a woman of color. Um, I am queer, I am adopted. So there's a lot about me that um, just this topic in general kind of fills up. Um, but I would say for the onboarding process and how to kind of include more diversity and inclusion, um, I would say for the main part is to just inform new hires about your company employee resource groups, right? And being able to make sure that they're aware of the wikis that are out there. I know my first day I was like, they started talking about wikis and I was like, there's so many, like, I, I don't even know where to look, you know? So, um, you know, maybe having some kind of onboarding newsletter to where um, all of these specific wikis and Slack groups and things like that are included. I know I definitely had that as far as Slack groups went, you know, um, but the wikis were the part where I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to be able to dive in and see these resources. Um, so I would say definitely inform those, you know, those employees of the company resources as, 
as a big starting point. Um, and then also to empower your people managers to be diversity and inclusion leaders too, right? I think we have our diversity and inclusion and belonging team um, who does an incredible job. And I kind of think I brought this um, up a few weeks ago when we were all chatting, but um, Ashley Ladd has been a huge inspiration to me. Um, this is the first company that I've worked where um, there is a woman of color in a leadership position. So um, shout out to Ashley, if you're listening, um, you're a huge inspiration. But, you know, I think it it goes to all of us. We all play a part and we all play a role. Um, it's not just the diversity team um, who should be, you know, announcing these, these resources. We should all be doing our part and uh, joining in on that too. So definitely make sure that we're all, you know, being leaders in that. Um, which is super important. And then I would just say another thing would be to include a diversity inclusion onboarding session. Um, that's something that I know that I had. I remember it being pretty quick, but I think this is such an important topic and um, getting members of the diversity team, getting members of the culture team and bringing that together um, to a safe space and really, really announcing what HubSpot's um, culture is and making sure that we all feel included in that and that we know where to go when we need help or we know where to go when we need to talk about these things. But um, yeah, I would say just, you know, continue to be an advocate for people and don't be nervous to reach out. And, you know, I know we have so many management managers and leadership who um, are willing to talk to their employees. So I feel like we have so many resources, but I want to like slam it in everyone's face and be like, look what we have, you know, like, don't forget that the, all of this is here. Um, and I'm sure I haven't even dug, you know, as far as it goes. So I would just say definitely be sure to, to just make sure that the new hires and the onboarding, that diversity, inclusion and belonging, and, you know, our culture code is something that's really, really presented because I think that's extremely important, if not one of the most important things when it comes to, to onboarding. Yeah, so it sounds like ensuring that diversity, inclusion, and belonging and um, our culture code are things that are presented early and often from day one when someone joins HubSpot and then really throughout um, their entire career at HubSpot. It's not just a one and done with week one. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it where it's, oh, here it is. And then it's kind of, you know, swept under the rug. It's something that we should continue and continue to build on. You know, there's always room for growth in any department. Um, but I would say, yeah, make sure that we're still, you know, whether you're here for five years, six years, one year, three months, just make sure that it's at the uh, forefront of your mind. Great. Yep. I absolutely agree. Thanks so much for that, Erica. Um, so as we think about the future, there are so many things that are top of mind and that are a priority right now and are also kind of unknown when it comes to onboarding employees. So last year as a company, HubSpot announced that we'll be building a hybrid company, um, meaning that we're going to give our employees the flexibility to choose where and how they work by giving them a couple of different options. So you can be in the office, you can be fully remote, or you can be flex. Uh, Flex is like a blend of the two. So you come into the office a little bit and you stay at home a little bit. Um, so right now we're still running um, Foundations Flex fully virtual. Um, but as offices are going to be reopening in a post-pandemic world, we're going to have to really consider how we create an equitable experience for everybody, regardless of location. So we may have some folks dialing in remotely over Zoom. We may have some folks who are always wanting to be in person for training and then folks who are likely a mix of those things. So Becca, 
what are some of the things that the team is thinking about as it relates to the future of onboarding? Great question. There's there's so many things top of mind for us as we work towards a post-pandemic world and having uh, some some type of hybrid onboarding process in place. And um, there are one, just continuing to really embrace that flexible model that we've built. Um, so we don't want to lose the, the gems that we've built throughout these past 16 months plus, um, making sure that we're still incredibly accessible for incoming parents, making sure that it's easy to be humans first and to manage life before um, stressing about work or anything along those lines and um, continuing to supply that remarkable onboarding experience and setting up our new hires for success so they can really hit the ground running and, and join their teams um, and provide positive impact. So the other thing to note is we're, we're going to continue to grow better in the HubSpot way here. We're gonna keep listening to feedback from our new hires and make sure that we are not stagnant in this process. I can't emphasize the importance of, uh, of really making sure that we provide that remarkable experience for our new hires and, and leverage uh, the values that we've gotten out of it. And, and also that we're figuring it out. We're gonna be humble in this process and understanding that there's always something we can do better um, and that we can always grow and learn. So really leaning into humility as we go into this new space, make mistakes and correct them. Great. Thanks so much, Becca. Um, so it, it sounds like we really need to listen to folks who are coming through onboarding. We need to gather their feedback. We need to be okay with making mistakes and failing a couple of times and iterating based on those challenges and based on that feedback. So we've covered a lot today. Um, so first off, thank you both so much for taking time out of your day today to chat about remote onboarding. So I have one final question for both of you. Um, Erica, I'm going to start with you. So what are some tips that you have for folks who are joining companies remotely for the first time? You just went through this. You said this was your first fully remote job and your first fully remote onboarding experience. Um, so what tips do you have? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the best advice or tips I can I can give is don't be afraid to use your teammates and, and reach out to them and communicate to them when you need help. Um, I know when I first started, I was very, very hesitant. I was like, oh, I know they're like on chat or phone, you know, support right now. I don't want to slack them and get in the way or anything like that. You know what I mean? So I would say any advice on that would be to know that you aren't a burden. You're not, you know, you're not getting in the way of anything. We're all here for each other. Um, I know here at HubSpot, we all take care of each other. And that's something that I love about this company is that, you know, we're always looking out for each other. We're all willing to help. Um, we're all here to lift each other up. I've, you know, I have never felt so confident in a company because of my teammates, you know, they're like, oh, you can do it. You can do it. You know? So it's like, I would say just take a breath breathe. If this is your first time being remote, um, set up your space. As I mentioned before, make sure that your space is comfortable, that it's yours. Um, 
you know, reach out to management, reach out to your leadership team and don't be scared to give feedback. You know, I'm huge on feedback. I know HubSpot is as well, but say when things aren't working for you, say when things aren't, you know, going as planned. Um, that's how we grow better as a company, right? That's how I think any company would, would grow better, but um, definitely feedback. I would say, don't be scared to, to say what you need and, uh, and what's right, what's going wrong, where we can improve, you know, what technology may help moving forward. Um, so just be able to, and be open, be open to changes. This is new for everyone, right? Remote work is, is something that's kind of becoming the norm. So, you know, don't be scared to get comfortable and, and be okay with being, you know, open to changes. One day we may be using this application, the next day they may be like, oh, that's not working. So like, we're gonna move to this one. Um, so just be sure to be open to change, be open to, you know, to new opportunities, things like that. But I would say um, remote work has changed my life in a completely positive way. I don't know if I could ever go back to office work, honestly. I have not yet seen the headquarters. So who knows when I come to visit one day, maybe I'll be like, all right, it's time to switch it up. Um, but I know for me, remote work has brought me way more benefits and has changed my life in a in a really, really positive way. So if remote work is something that you're thinking about, um, go for it. Give it a try. You know, nothing's permanent. You can always switch back. But um, I would say go for it if it's something you're thinking about. Yeah, Eric, I appreciate your uh, honesty and your answer there. I completely agree with being open, communicating, leaning into your team and providing that feedback. You know, we don't have that face-to-face -face anymore where you can see face-to-face -face or by sitting next to somebody if something is or is not working for them. So if something's not working for you in this remote world, give the feedback, speak up. Um, otherwise, your team or your manager or anyone else has has no way of knowing that. Um, so I think that's a great piece of advice. Thanks so much for that. Of course. Becca, if you could wave a magic wand and create one piece of technology uh, that would help with remote onboarding, what would that be? I absolutely love this question. Like, love this question so much. Um, as, as mentioned before, we've we have come a long way and we have so much further to go. I think with remote onboarding and with hybrid onboarding on the horizon, what I really want to see from our tech stack is more adaptive tech. So being able to accommodate for different abilities um, in a really meaningful way, whether that be closed captioning that's responsive to different accents and dialects to responsive tech that will zoom on slide decks or in presentations, um, and give people a, a stronger view or a closer view if need be. Um, being able to read out content with screen readers, anything along those lines. I think that there's so much more that HubSpot can do in this space to um, accommodate our incoming new hires. Um, and I think that that is something that is top of mind for our team. And as we build out our tech stack for the future of work and hybrid onboarding, I really want to see more adaptive tech to solve for our incoming users. Yeah, I think this past year and a half and the, sh the shift to leaning so heavily into remote work has really highlighted for a lot of folks the importance of aligning to learners with all different types of abilities who prefer uh, or don't, don't like all different types of modalities and learnings. 
So I think that's a fantastic point to bring up that it's really up to us and up to us to find the right technology um, to allow learners to learn for themselves the absolute best way that they can. So thanks so much for that, Becca. I really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, you're right on point with that. It's it's essentially designing for the needs of some is actually beneficial for all universal design theory, theory of learning. So just building that out as we continue to go solving for our end user and therefore solving for the entire class. Right. And it's definitely something that's going to continue to be top of mind, um, I hope, for a lot of different companies as we continue navigating remote learning. Great. Well, that is all that we have for you today. So thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning into this episode of Culture Happens, our podcast all about the future of work and company culture.